You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline and the president of MyXP, a ministry where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. All right. So we are, uh, I think, in week three uh, of a series of conversations mm-hmm. about how we think about success in ministry, yeah, and that specifically that we we've been worked hard over the last few years to stop equating it with like explosive growth, and sure. instead to look at a broader set of we would also argue hopefully more biblical criteria mm-hmm. uh, that constitutes health, and so. Yeah. We're going to talk about cultivating a culture of service today, mm-hmm. where everyone has some meaningful way in which they can serve in the local church. And so, before we jump into that, mm-hmm. I want to talk about service. So, you and I have been in portable church, for the most part, since 2000. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, I, was I went two- to college... So you were 99 because you kind of helped with... Yeah, but that was in the spring. So that was 2000. Oh, yeah. And then you were the year after that. Yeah, so So, 2001 for me. Or no, 2000, yeah. Movie theaters. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. I'm going to keep Let's Let's see how long we can guess at this date. (laughs) 2000. So movie theaters we've Uh been in. Schools. Uh, pretty much than every Community other, yeah, every other kind of We're in space like a lecture hall right now. Totally. Yeah. All right. So I want you to think about <clears throat> what do you think is the worst experience that you've had? I know. You know already? Oh yeah. All right. Go ahead. What was the worst? So, um, back when we planted our very first church, mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a trailer. We had like a couple of or oh, several yeah. vehicles, and uh, like, we would but, go. But like vehicles was like a Geo Metro. Yes, and I had a pilot, so yeah. that was helpful. But the rest of them were just like small little small sedans. cars. Corolla, yeah. a Corolla, yeah, <laughs> that, that he's still rocking today. Yep, from what I hear. <laughs> uh, but um, and so we would go to a storage unit, mm-hmm. have to load everything up, mm-hmm. then or like load everything onto a cart then load everything into our cars and then go. And yep. this was very, very early on Sunday mornings that we went. Yep. And um, somehow the bill for the storage unit did not get paid. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely, I don't want to point any fingers because I don't remember who's responsible for that, but I have an idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, you pay the bills. Oh, I didn't back then. Oh, you didn't? I hadn't <laughs> discovered what I was going to be when I grow up yet. <laughs> so you're saying it was my fault probably. Well, but I did, was living in Indiana, yeah. so it was, you know. I mean, it's fine. I mean, the internet cool. was still a thing, but it, keep going. It's fine. Barely, though. <laughs> in 2000, <laughs> barely. Uh, so at any rate, um, the bill didn't get paid, so we put in the code, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't open. I right. put in the code, and wouldn't open, and just started calling all the numbers on the little placards and this and that, and, and we were like, it won't open. And they said, oh, well, it's probably because you didn't pay the bill. Yeah, that'll and do it. We were like, I mean, it was Sunday morning, church was coming, and we were just like, Mm -hmm. and so hung up, and uh, one of us, definitely not me, Mm -hmm. jumped to the fence, Yep. and like somehow from inside, you could like trigger it to open, Uh, and so we got it like triggered and open. Meanwhile, as the person on the phone communicated, 
if we had gained access because we hadn't paid the bill, we were definitely trespassing. Yeah. And so we, we basically had to like, broke in and stole all our own stuff. Yeah. Cause it should have probably gone on that like storage wars show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody would have really, really made bank on that locker. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, and that was, that was pretty rough. Yeah. For that's, sure. That was terrible. Yeah. I remember that. No, yeah. I would echo that. I don't have a specific one. Other than the same, there's one thing that always causes me the most mm, fear, which already. we did just experience yeah. again last week, which is when you are renting space, yeah. you're the one thing you're really at mercy of is that whoever is responsible for mm-hmm. unlocking the doors shows up. Yeah. And it's always a problem early. Like, like no one loves working on Sunday period, no. but waking up early to unlock a building for people just, we've just seen so many times that that's been an issue. And we just, and surprisingly we've been at the, uh, here at our school, like taking COVID out of the equation, like two years. Mm-hmm. I think we've only had an issue with getting it unlocked two times, three times, three times. And one, the guy legitimately got in an accident on yeah. the way. Cause like you get a the cop sh- like brought him up because right. his car was totaled. <laughs> yeah. So when you I get dropped like, yeah. off by a cop, you had a bad morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a myriad of reasons, yeah. as we were told it was a car accident, right. but yeah. And I think you and I are both pretty traumatized from our very first space we met at cutting hall in Palatine, Illinois. And it's yep. still the same executive director. <laughs> I was on their website recently for who knows. Oh, I still follow them on That's Twitter. Crazy. And it just randomly pushed through and I looked and sure enough, same guy, uh, same guy. And, um, he had a habit of hiring like a 14 year old to be the one to come unlock the door. Mm-hmm. So I would say a good three, three times out of four, uh, it was late mm-hmm. by sometimes so late we could barely set up anything. Yeah. And I mean, you didn't have to pay and he would kind of accentuate that the executive director would. The problem is I was happy to pay. Right. And gain access that like that, like, Hey, we didn't give you exactly what you wanted here. It's free. Now you're like, well, duh. Cause I didn't get what I paid for. Right. But this deal was not me hoping you'd come late every day. Yeah. The deal was I hoped that you would, uh, I don't know, come on time and then I would pay you <laughs> right. what you're owed. But right. anyway, so yes, I agree with that one for sure. Yeah. So there can be, it's always an adventure, especially if you're renting stuff. But <clears throat> we're going to talk about service in general. We, we have a very, have, I think... Probably after, I don't even know when it probably would have started, maybe three, two, three, four years into redemption, somewhere along mm-hmm. the way is when we like really started to hit a stride with getting people serving. So especially comparative to a lot of churches, we've always had a very high percentage of service, Yeah, meaning like a lot of people in our church serve in some capacity where Absolutely. it can be very normative in a lot of churches where like 10% of the people do 100% of the work. Sure. And that has not been our story Sure, or like maybe you hire people or what. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to talk about uh, how we think about it, but I think the place to start would be to uh, discuss how we talk about it because I think that's a really big thing. Absolutely. Um, Because I think if you only talk about service as this sort of like laborious burden in which Mm -hmm. you're going to place on people's shoulders or you try to guilt people into it, I don't think any of that's very helpful. So the language that we use most frequently here is, in every way is we try to, what we're trying to build is a very familial culture. Like we Mm -hmm. are a family. And so my language is always, um, we in a family, everyone does their part. And so I think about even with my kids, we are not like, we're not like super, 
uh, strict about chores. Our kids don't like, we've, we've tried like chore lists. And honestly, I think Tammy and I just are like, this is too much work. So we're, we'll do it. <laughs> Maintaining the list. Yeah. Yeah. But they fair. have, they have, you know, certain things they do. So even with kids, like in an actual flesh and blood family, everybody has some way in which they contribute to the family. Totally. And I think I was garbage in the living room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, didn't you mow the lawn a oh, lot yeah. too? Yeah. As but, you got older. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and so that's the same way we talk about it, that if this is going to be your church family, like we don't currently practice like traditional membership where people go to a class and sign stuff. And mm-hmm. so we just say, if you consider Ridgeline your home, that's you're it. part of our family and in a family, everyone does their part. So we'd sure. love for you to serve. Mm-hmm. Now it is, I think, um, in helping people conceive of it, it's, that is, it's that simple. Like yep. it really is like, cool, I got this. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. You should contribute where you consume. I think that's a basic human principle. Absolutely. But I think that there are also, um, some very strategic things that especially you've done to help build a culture where it's easy to, to serve, easy mm-hmm. to get signed up, easy to serve. So we'll talk about all the details of that. But I think, I think just talking through some of the benefits of service for people is mm-hmm. another thing that's really, really sure. helpful. I don't think people always, I think they feel like, well, I guess I'll do the pastor a solid by helping out. Sure. When the truth is there's a lot of benefits for them as well in being able to serve. Absolutely. So one would be, I think that it gives people uh, a much clearer sense of of purpose, their mm-hmm. contribution does. Like totally. they get to feel like this is like one thing I hate is when people in our church refer to Ridgeline as my church. Mm-hmm. I, I abhor that. Yep. It's our church. Yeah. And I think one thing that helps combat that is for pe- everyone to feel like they, ha- they contribute. They understand we don't have, we're very clear about the fact that we do not have a bunch of people that we pay. We mm-hmm. don't have a big staff. We're the ones that make this church work. Sure. Well, and one of the things I think we've echoed for a number of years is just we don't view that it's the staff's job to do the ministry. We view mm-hmm. it as the staff's job to equip the saints for ministry. Yep. And uh, we don't really refer to our church as saints. But, yeah, we don't use that um, language. But, but yes. yeah, <laughs> for sure. I think it just it's something that we help people know that if you've got an idea, like, awesome, mm-hmm. I would love to empower you to do that. Yeah, we do say that all the time. Oh, like, because yeah. because they, I think the way that people typically think about it is in the church is like, I had an idea, I told the pastor, therefore tag he or she is it, and now it's their job. Mm-hmm. And we're always like, that's great, go. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, s- I've had somebody come to me a few times over our years of uh-huh. ministry with the idea of a church softball team. And my response is always, uh, yes. awesome, you are the coach. Yeah. Do you know how many church softball teams we've ever had? Yeah. Um, a zero. Zero. Yeah. 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 I had someone come up to me last night at a school event and ask about some kind of like father-son, father-daughter camping trip. Mm. And I was like, cool, that sounds great, man. Send me an email and I'll tell you how to schedule a meetup. <laughs> I will send you the link to the self-explanatory form. <laughs> that's right. Yep. But but I think that's yeah. really I think that's really important that yeah. pastors would I think that saying yes to all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because of some sort of insecurity or fear or whatever is what gets so many pastors so overburdened. Oh yeah, because you you find yourself having to like execute and pursue things that you don't like. Like I got to tell you I'm not even attending a father anything camping trip. Yeah. I don't like to camp. I was going to take you as my son. Awesome. (laughs) One night a summer, I like come and join you and the boys. And even then I have to like psych myself up for it. Remember I came with battery packs to Mm -hmm. plug in my fan. I got it. I just just died halfway through. Put your mind at ease. I had a, I had a real bad, like middle of the night moose encounter last summer 
Oh it, yeah. I'm still legit. I was talking to Tammy about it this morning. I'm still legitimately freaked out by it. That doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm not sure if I'm going camping this summer. Well, I like it. I like, I, uh, there's so many places that we can pay to stay with a hot tub on the patio. So anyway, yeah. I just think that, uh, yeah, I think making sure that everyone knows like they've got to do their part. Yeah, I think another thing that we, especially being in a new church, and I think this is mm. exceptionally timely right now with so many churches coming back to totally. in-person worship, and that's that, uh, especially when you're portable, like there are a bunch of things that get really tired about the setup and teardown. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that's fun the first time, and then after sure. that, you're like, I can't believe we have to do this forever. I mean, we regularly, like, exchange, like, comments after church of, like... I'm sick of this. I I'm all done. Yeah. <laughs> let's get a building, let's figure it out. That's right. Yeah. But one of the very legitimate... Uh, benefits to it mm -hmm. is it's an exceptional way for people to build relationship. Yeah. I actually would argue from a church connection process, there is very little, I know that for years it's been like, as long as people are in a small group, they'll mm -hmm. stay. I'm not so sure. Yeah. I think what I'm willing to say is I really think the very first people should have very first step people should have to getting connected to your church is serving on a team. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require anyone fancy. I know a lot of churches have a lot of really, uh, uh, rigid rules about who can serve and mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. um, I don't agree with that approach. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Whatever mm -hmm. you be you, but I do think it's a great opportunity to get new people plugged in co and connected in the safe environment of Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. You're not showing up to someone's house you've never met before, anything like that. Uh, but then you get to spend time interacting with people. Mm -hmm. All of our teams are three, four, five people, so it's not just one on one. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's a really great opportunity for like you said, for people to build relationships and a huge win for new people to do. Because uh, as I have seen, even in our own church, the people who come even on their first week, sign up to serve and get plugged in are like in it to win it, man. Yeah. And they're not going to feel disconnected. They're not going to yeah. feel like nobody knows them because yeah. literally people know them. And there is something about, like if you think about comparing service to the small, to a small group, mm -hmm. I do think there's something about the, the task, the shared task totally. that eliminates so much of the awkwardness yep. of having to walk into a room where you don't know these 12 people and like the difference is like we're all shoulder to shoulder doing some stuff. Yep. We'll chat, we'll get to know each other, but we got this other thing we're doing and it really does just make it a much less awkward first connection step for people. Sure. And I think uh, one of the phrases you've used over the years is community forms around mission. Mm -hmm. And I think just having uh having that kind of commonality. Cause then you talk about like, Oh, well, what are you doing after church? Oh, mm -hmm. we're getting lunch. Want to come, you know, yep. the number of things that I've seen where like our serving teams will sit together and stuff like yeah. that. And relationships are formed out of them just because it kind of primes the pump and gets you going. Like I said, in a more safe environment. Yeah. And then I think lastly, the most obvious thing, and this is really not necessarily true for the individual, but it is in a sense. And that's just that the more people who help and contribute, yep. the more it lightens the load for everyone. Sure. Like it's, I mean, we had, we've been very blessed now. We've, we've got a lot more musicians that are starting to sign up. Mm -hmm. But I think about that because, because really for the first year, we had like the same, I'm thankfully they were, they're gifted, yeah. but like the same five people play in our band and lead worship for like a year. Oh yeah. With and, no Sunday off. Yep. Really. And, and I never heard a complaint from nope. them. Like they always did it with great attitude. The job they did was excellent and it gets pretty old. Like it's pretty tiring to be yeah. there every single, because if you do get there early, I mean, it's like 
It's like having another part-time job. Oh yeah, <laughs> at least because yeah, that day's long. Especially on the band or our production team or trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, seven twenty to mm-hmm. well, and the trailer guy gets here mm-hmm. at seven, so mm-hmm. seven until almost one mm-hmm. before you're like back at home. Plus for the so band, there's rehearsal on so, Thunday night. Oh sure, uh, or Thursday, Thursday night. night. I was like, I what said Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know what night that was. Yeah, that's different. Oh man. But, um, I mean, that's, uh, you know, for the band, it's, I mean, when you combine both things, it's like an eight hour shift. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, I mean, I don't even, you don't, you don't happen to know off the top of your head. I didn't ask you to look, you don't happen to know ballpark. What percentage of people serve? Uh, no, I mean, I think especially in general, I, I would have known we're at like maybe 70 or 80%. I think right now, Anybody who's like coming hard to the hole on like percentages mm-hmm. or how big their church is are just liars. You don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> you don't 70 know. but 70 to 80% of people who come regularly on Sundays historically is yes. about what we've yeah. had. Yeah. Which I is, guess my point is uh, like I'm not sure who even comes exactly totally. anymore. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where to yeah. draw the percentage from. So I think that if if I were listening and that was not true for me, my question would be like, okay, well, how does that work? Right. So again, I think language and vision really matters that people have that clear. But I think in addition to that, none of that matters if it's not easy and accessible. Yeah. And I think that's what you've done such a good job of Thank in uh, making the way for us. It's really good that you pay the bills now too, because we don't get like locked mm. out of stuff. <laughs> we've never been locked not, out of a It's thing. been a long time since we've hopped a fence. Yeah. Last well, time that I hopped a fence, it was to get an X-Wing. Um, yes. Uh, what are those things called? Drone uh-huh. that you and I, that you had gotten that we were flying and I had to climb a fence, and I ripped my favorite pair of pants Oof. trying to get this stupid drone that we ended up sending back because neither one of us could really figure out how to fly it. <laughs> yeah, it was from Costco. You it was, yeah, they, we just took it back. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's talk about how do we make it easy and accessible for people to be able to serve. I think yeah. the first thing that – and I say this by way of observation. Go ahead. you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say yeah. – uh, I- left my mind earlier, but that whole idea of excellent for building relationships and giving people ownership, I will say I've talked to churches that have gone from being mobile to having a building. And this is a real problem that they face this, especially people who are with you Mm -hmm. early on. I mean, the church that we planted, Mm -hmm. uh, they got a building and Mm -hmm. I know they're very thankful for that, Mm -hmm. but did go through the growing pains of people who were like, I am always a little sweaty when I'm done on Sunday morning. You want me to come 10 minutes early and leave right after because right. we can just shut off the light. Like, well, if you remember, and, and it's the, hard. Even, even when we were at Redemption, we had that year where oh, we were in, yes, like we had right. a space we all did. the time. And we only had, we went from like the same thing, like whatever it was, 20 people a week serving mm-hmm. to needing like seven. Right. And I remember on Sunday morning, it was a totally different it was just a different vibe and we yeah. had to find new ways sure. to be able to connect. And oftentimes then it turns into things like building projects and things yeah. like that. But yeah, it, it is, uh, I think for those who are mobile, uh, there's a, especially those of you who are just planting and mobile, uh, there's a huge win in that service piece. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of work and it's a huge win. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think when I think about how we've worked to make it easy and accessible, the big thing that I have, I've observed, even just in the last few weeks because we're right in the midst of now we're back in person and we're really on a big push to get people reconnected in service. And so I, you've just done such a good job of making it so painfully easy for people to sign up. Mm -hmm. So like right now, what I've been telling people is like, we use the church center app. You can Mm -hmm. talk about that if you want. Uh, But literally I think people click two things and then hit submit. 
Yep. And then it starts the process to help people get plugged in. But it yeah. literally takes like the first week I was like, put up a 60 second countdown. So people, after I announce this, people can actually fill it out. Yeah. What I didn't realize it was that easy. So yeah. it was really 10 seconds of people clicking these two buttons. And then night, like there's not 90, there's 50 seconds left in a minute. That happens on Sunday. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like 50 seconds of just standing awkwardly while mm-hmm. people looked at me. So it and, was that easy. And just as a side note, yeah. I had, I don't know if you heard it or not, but so you had asked me to do a countdown. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten until Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so I had to quickly solve it yeah. by doing a download from yeah. YouTube. Yep. And Here's just a little tip for anyone who does that. Yeah. Watch the entirety of a video. Oh no. Because oh, you don't remember. <laughs> I it didn't had see this it. like strange like flashing thing at the end that likely could have given someone a seizure. And then when <laughs> do 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 and you were like, oh well. I missed that so that's uh that's great. I mean, me and Didi looked at each other like, oh oh. So yeah. All right. So talk anyway. talk me through a little bit about some of the things you think about in regards to making it easy for people to sign up. Yeah. So I think the first thing you have to do is you've got to remove the roadblocks to get people to sign up. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about this over the years of this podcast when it comes to giving, when it mm-hmm. comes to anything in your church uh, so quickly. And the reason I feel so passionately about this is I spent years just assuming everything was a heart issue. Every, right. I mean, listen, our heart, sin. our heart, our desperately sick, who can understand it? Right. All of that, always sin, always unwillingness, always, you know, stubbornness, those types of things. And I was, uh, getting sold by a really, a company I don't really care for mm-hmm. on a new giving platform, mm-hmm. but they were talking about that as they have done studies, they have learned that so much of the lack of generosity in a church has to do with people just feeling like, I'm not sure how to do this. I'm pretty sure my information is going to get stolen. Like mm-hmm. it just did not create a sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a nice user-friendly thing. And so that that's what they were trying to sell. And, um, ever since that day, um, I've really started to process through what do we own on the ministry side mm-hmm. that causes people to have those roadblocks exist? What mm-hmm. are what are the things where people have that, like, you know, you, you preached a sermon, maybe it connected to service somehow, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's stirring, and we've got a captive audience in that, and why does that pass people by? And so I think I'm always working on coming up with how, it, how can we make it easier? How mm-hmm. can we make it easier? And I do just have to say... Um, uh, if you've listened at all, you know I just love me some Planning Center. Mm-hmm. If you are paying for anything other than Planning Center, you're just crazy now. Mm-hmm. So they have launched an app within the last uh, nine months. Their development on this app is, like, mind-blowing. And as of today, you can do push notifications on your app for mm-hmm. free. They're mm-hmm. not going to charge you at all for that. Um, and it, it it's just an incredible tool. And so I think one of the things that we have been doing for years is we have, um, you know, when you think about the church website, to me, the church website is for people who don't attend your church mm-hmm. and you've got to have something, a hub, mm-hmm. a whatever for people who do attend your church, right. because your church website is way too much information, even for the new people, mm-hmm. but definitely for your regular people. And they're not going to sort through it all and find where they should go. And yes, on our website, we've got a serving opportunities page. And the likelihood the people in our church have ever been on that page are slim to none. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important that you have both things. And what's so great about Planning Center, uh, we've had an uh, what we called an info site. It was a totally yeah. separate website for years in which it was sort of the Reader's Digest condensed version of only thing you would the only things you would need to know. Mm-hmm. Well, Planning Center for only $14 a month gives you a fully customizable 
uh, app for your church. And so that has now transitioned from what we called Redemption Mobile back in the day mm-hmm. and then Ridgeline Info, all of that. Now it's all in the Church Center app. And I think making the things you want your people to do really front of mind is great. And so, for example, when you said, hey, we're going to talk about serving, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. The first thing I did on the very front page of the home screen took me maybe 30 seconds. I added a link to our serving form right there so that when we had a call to action, all people had to do is touch it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we work really hard, even as far, because I think a lot of churches out there have a church app. As you look at your analytics and your statistics, uh, maybe it's used by like 10% of the people. I would argue our app is probably used by most all of our church. Yeah. I think there's a few people who prefer not to do it, but most because they understand what's in it for them. You mm-hmm. have to help people understand. That's part of this point of removing the roadblocks is you have to help people understand what's in it for them, mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that you uh, lay it out in a really clear and user-friendly way. And I think our people know, if I want to engage, I mean, even yeah. in our announcement time, I say, listen, if you want to engage with our church, please download the app. You'll yep. never have to go to our yep. website again. I don't care if you ever go to ridgeline.church again. You've got to interact with the app. And now with free push notifications, I can like reach out to you with anything important with the church yep. so easily. So I, I think, think that's a huge win. Another roadblock uh, that comes to mind is... Sometimes I think we just always assume people know, Mm. like people know where the needs are. People know that there's needs. And I think that if people walk in, someone says hello to them and hands them a bulletin and there's music and someone talks, they, the way they process it is they think, well, I mean, clearly everything, all the bases are covered here. Yeah. They got it all wrapped up. Even if it's the same seven people, they just, they just assume everything's good. Right. And, and so, they don't know how many people you pay. Some yeah. churches got a lot of people on their staff page. I remember all the, like, I remember, like, books and blogs that people used to, like, talk about, like, you know, make sure you don't ever convey it as need, convey it as opportunity. I'll be honest, I don't think any of that matters. Yeah. I think people need to know where are their service needs, opportunities, yeah. whatever you, however positive and hippy-dippy you want to be is fine. Sure. But people need to know that there, that you do have need. And that there is opportunity. I don't know why there, I think the logic used to be that I heard was like, if you convey it as need, people hear it as like, this ship is sinking. And, Mm. and I'm like, that's so dumb. I think people, why do the people who write those points think that everyone else is stupider than them? I don't know. I think that people want to invest meaningfully. Absolutely. And if there's a need that they have the ability to meet, that is meaningful to people. So tell them where you need help. Absolutely. I think from a language standpoint, the one thing that we have just been really intentional about is we never say volunteer. I think like to ask someone to volunteer, um, it's pretty like a pretty low commitment thing for Mm -hmm. the average person. And it genuinely, we're serving Jesus together. Yeah, we talk about service. So we say serving. Yep. Yep. So we never, you're not a volunteer at Ridgeline, uh, you serve. Yep. Um, And so I think absolutely making the need known. We've we've done that for the last couple of weeks and have added 13 people, Mm -hmm. uh, which if you're a mega church pastor, you don't think that's much, that's a good deal for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Added 13 people to the teams in two weeks. And we're going to probably do it a couple more because the other thing you have to embrace as you're uh, explaining this and making that need known is you have to recognize everyone doesn't come every week to your church. Totally. And so especially you, right now, yeah. if you, if you talk about it great one week and you don't do it like a month of Sundays, you are missing out on some people who 
would have gladly signed up to serve and mm-hmm. just didn't know. Right now, I feel like we're pastoring three different churches. Oh, yeah. They just come every yeah. third week. For sure. And in all <laughs> fairness, the people who signed up on week two, I know for a fact, were not here on week yep. one, and we would have missed them altogether. So that's why it's important to continue to do. Yeah, I think that's um, good. I think that it's really important uh, that your team names make sense to a new person. That's good. Uh, so many churches try to be real crafty with Too their naming clever. of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, uh, clever or clear beats out clever every time. Yep. And it's really important. I do uh, sort of a first impressions kind of guest services t- type training. And that's one of my points is that clear beats out clever every time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think making sure it like, so for us, it's a, uh, the trailer team and cause our, that's what they that's do. What they do. They tow the it band, pack it and unpack it. The guest production services. slash media. Yeah. And then guest services is everything else. And, and the reason we use that language is that a new person knows what a guest services is. Like the welcome center. Well, I think I know what that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be friendly. Or the hospitality there. team. Yeah. I hate that I, one. Oh, yeah. Even though they either. are, like, I understand that biblically they yeah. are helping perform they are. The, like, the service of hospitality. Yeah. I still think to the average person coming in, they're like, what the H is a hospitality yeah. team? And like, and the place that you go at Ridgeline, if you have questions, is the info desk. Right. Again, just because we want to make sure, because the people who go to your church who probably helped named those funky things mm-hmm. will never go there because they don't need any help. Right. It's the people who are brand new that are like, well, I think Celebration Center is. I just need <laughs> celebration a Celebration Center. I just need a. That sounds like pen. something that a Pentecostal church names their auditorium. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To celebrate or or, or, or just desk. that name of their church, Celebration yeah. Center. There probably is one we have to. Look I grew up. up Pentecostal. I have a good feeling about that. Um, but I think uh, so. So just making sure that the teams are clear. Yeah. And and also um, another roadblock would be like I I've seen roadblocks where it's like people say they're interested in helping to serve yeah and then they indicate that and then crickets nothing. oh nothing God. happens which I know so your your line has always been you need to imagine like if mm. when we've had like people who have been leading various teams totally. and they get indication that someone has signed up your thing has always been i want you to imagine that they're on fire and the only way to put out the fire is for you to get them plugged in on a team right trying to convey a sense of urgency Mm -hmm. like we need to get this done immediately and i think there's certain things you know shared leadership in churches is great and this and that but listen um there's certain things you should farm out and certain things you wouldn't that's Mm -hmm. an example of something that we've done in the past and i wouldn't do now yeah here's what i would say all of the people who sign up to serve on every team, we have someone help with, someone else help with the band, mm-hmm. but everyone who signed up to serve with every team was greeted with a welcome to serving uh, Sunday at about 2 p.m. after they had checked the box right. Sunday at uh, 11 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing I even share with people as we talk about signing up to serve as I just let people know, listen, we love to get people plugged in right away. So if you find uh, yourself scheduled for next week, welcome to Ridgeline. Yeah. And we just help people know it's not going to be like you'll start serving uh, come fall Mm -hmm. uh, when the schedule opens up again or something like that. It genuinely, I mean, some of those people, uh, so the schedule, we do a schedule month at a time. We'll talk about that in a minute. But some of those new people will serve two weeks after they signed up. Yeah, which is sure. awesome. Yeah, it's great. So the uh, as far as making it easy, the first thing that we do is we're trying to remove as many roadblocks as yep. we possibly can. And I think yep. that's that's a process. And I, I would just say never stop being on the lookout for roadblocks. Listen to people. Yes. When, when they oh, convey to you like, hey, I don't feel like I got that email or I didn't get the text or yep. I haven't heard for like that stuff is like. 
You got to capture those things. Or, or where do I download that app? Or yeah. how do I log in? Or anything like that. You've got to. Yeah, absolutely. So the more explicit you can be, the better for yeah, sure. So remove roadblocks. A second yeah. thing, uh, and this is something I think that I've noticed that you're always doing, and that's just to really deeply think through all of the various areas of service. Mm, so yeah. just talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, so I think we have to ensure that there's something for everyone. Yeah. Uh, in our church, um, anyone can be on our guest services team. Yeah. And we've even worked really hard, so they do a good amount of setup and teardown. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have, uh, we for example, we had a, uh, we just had different people of different uh, skill types mm -hmm. um, and they can all do it regardless yeah. of their age. Uh, I mean, obviously there should, there could be some mobility things, mm -hmm. but for the most part, uh, depending on like, you don't have to have any special skills. Right. You also don't have to be an American gladiator in right. order to be able to serve on this team. We invest in nice casters. Yeah. Things push real easy. Yeah. You know, that there's type almost, of thing. We have gotten to the point now where there's almost zero carrying of any kind. Yeah. Heavy lifting at all. Yeah. We have to, like our road cases stack, stack. so yeah. those have to be lifted down. But outside, as far as actually load in, load out, everything is on wheels. Yeah, and everyone helps with that part. Yeah. And and we make sure that people know that. So I think that that is uh, something that's really important. And then I think the other thing is, as people are wondering what to expect when they sign up to serve on a team, I think yeah. it's two parts. One, make sure that it's clear to people that they could swap a team if it just doesn't work out yeah. for them. So they're that, not signing yeah, up for life. For, forever, yeah. yeah. Or if they sign up and it's like the worst, they should just let you know. And yeah. I think checking in with people after they've served a time or two is really helpful to just make sure, like, are things going okay? Are they yep. not? that sort of thing. And then the other thing that's really important is give people like a bulleted breakdown mm -hmm. of what it actually constitutes uh, serving on these teams. So for us, for example, if you serve in Ridgeline Kids, uh, I know a, a lot more churches are doing this today, but we don't change diapers or take kids to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we call their parent. Well, letting people know that ahead of them signing up to serve, their willingness to sign up is much different knowing that they're not going to change diapers. I think two fears with children's ministry is, are always the same. I'm going to have to change diapers. Yep. or I'm going to have to teach. Right. And so telling people we don't do that. Right. And you like there are ways to serve that do not involve teaching. Totally. I think that's a, a great example of like your percentage of people willing to serve goes up dramatically when Absolutely. you have debunked these two assumptions that they have. For sure. And or, you know, for our band, the fact that we have a separate rehearsal time and yeah. when it, all of those types of things, because you're laying the groundwork and setting expectations ahead of time for people yeah. who sign up. Uh, just as a side note, if you go to ridgeline.church forward slash serving dash opportunities, uh, it's a great example of what we're talking about. And I'm a big fan of, I don't know, if you can copy and paste it from our site, good you yeah. know, good on you. You can have it. And so absolutely take a look. But even if it's not verbatim what we have, you need to have descriptions for people to just look at and make totally. an informed decision. And I think that in our case, our teams are named so explicitly that like uh, the trailer driving team, or it's called trailer driving and signage team. Hmm. I wonder, wonder what they do. I wonder what they do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it, uh, it is still helpful to have mm -hmm. those bullet points uh, available. Totally. So really, really think through all those areas of service. The last thing uh, I think that you've done a great job of is scheduling. Mm. So talk about, um, I wonder what, to, what tool you use hmm. for scheduling. Oh, man. Volunteer scheduling. I know. Planning Center Services. <laughs> uh, planning Center Services is probably, so if you don't know about all the wonder that is Planning Center, you probably know about Planning Center Services. There yeah. are a few churches 
in the United States, you're either planning your uh, service in like Excel mm-hmm. or planning center services. Yeah. There's a couple other tools out there, but you're just like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Just, just let planning center win. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think there's a couple of things. The reason that one is our preferred tool of choice is not, uh, and as a side note, I like to point this out every once in a while, whether it be with my XP or from the field, I have never been given $1 from anyone at Planning Center, Mm-mm. nor, uh, so it's an unsponsored love that I have, yeah. nor have they even like, I mean, we haven't even had like a fee waived. It's, yeah. we are regular with everyone else. I've reached out to the CEO and he loves that we love the product and that's where that's they stand where, on yeah. that. So <laughs> regardless, uh, I think why we love it is it's a schedule or it's a system that from the end user perspective is very easy to manage mm-hmm. and I can maintain preferences. So for example, um, I want to serve with my spouse at the same time. Preference that can be managed. I don't want to serve because, you know, and we had someone. Someone's got to uh, bring kids. Yeah, so exactly. Can, we had yep. someone who's new to the church and she had said, yes, serve us together. And then they tried that and it was a cluster because she had the kids and was trying mm. to serve in Ridgeline kids. And so then she said, never mind. And it was literally the switch of a drop down as far as how that goes and the system will take care of it. That's awesome. Now I will say planning center services, if you're an admin of any kind listening to this, um, it is a very exhaustive tool. Mm-hmm. Because they support well over 100,000 churches on it. And as you can imagine, everyone feels differently about how the software should operate. And so it is very customizable to your needs. And I will say you've got a lot of tutorial videos to watch to make it work well for your church. But let me give you hope. So if you sit and think, so we have about 25 to 30 people serving on any given Sunday at our church. Mm -hmm. And I think if you think about the amount of time it takes to do a schedule on the admin front, I mean, I know people who spent hours and hours and hours. I do it a month at a time. And if it takes me longer than five minutes, I would be shocked. Mm. And it's because uh, one of the next points is really important. Not only do we uh, maintain preferences, but we empower our people to just block off dates when they can't serve. Right. Honestly, this whole model came from when I was a manager at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. The way that it worked was I did a schedule on a certain day of the week uh, for the following week. And you had this little book where you could write in your like requests and block off. Obviously, these people are not being paid. They're serving. And so uh, it's not a request off. It's a block off. Like I'm going to be gone and I'm blocking this off. So we send an email out to them on the first of the month. Block off your dates. You have until the 15th of the month to block those off. From the 15th to the 20th, the schedule's made. And I send the schedule out. And so we do it a month at a time. And so on the 20th of this month, you're going to get the schedule for the following month. And it has in consideration all your preferences and when you will and will not be in in the service. And I think as a side note, when you think about back to those roadblocks, Mm -hmm. that's also a really important roadblock to make sure that you communicate to people that they can block off those yeah, dates. That they control get, when yeah, they can and can't. People get real anxious. Yeah, well, I'm real busy this summer. Yeah. Okay, we'll just type it in. Like you bought plane tickets, you know when that's going to be. Like yep. type it into the system. And there's a great app. It's super user friendly. And they can just like block off the dates, block off a whole month at a time, whatever it might be. I think that all is important. And then lastly, ensuring that the system for scheduling is universal for everyone in the church. I think that's a very important there, part. There is, I, there's nothing I find more. I, 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 there's an organization that I also have interaction with on a regular uh-huh. basis where everyone sort of picks their own system for oh, how they're yeah. going to communicate uh-huh. and how they're going to. And it's maddening. Cause, right. Cause, and I understand that every individual has their own preference, but it like, then when you have, when you're having to interact with multiple of those people and you're like, it's just, it's such a pain and this is better to have yeah. everybody doing one thing is just better. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that because different members of a family are going to serve on different teams mm-hmm. and for, you know, Johnny to know his schedule like three months in advance yeah. and then for Susie to learn her schedule like Saturday night, she gets right. a text from the leader of that team. Right. Uh, I, I just am not a big fan of diversified scheduling. You mm-hmm. should have a centralized scheduler that manages things like that. And then once the schedule goes out, we also put the onus on the person. They have contact information for the people on their team. And we yep. feel like we've given you plenty of time to block off. If something came up, absolutely no problem. Just switch or yep. ask someone to take your week. And genuinely, with this model in the, you know, few years that we've existed as a church, with the exception or once or twice, and full disclosure, it was also a, always a young man, mm-hmm. we have not once had someone not show up to serve. Yeah. Because the tool reminds them the day before, it gives them notification, all of those things, you let the tool do what the tool does, and you don't have to worry about it. It's a little bit of that old school Ron Popeil, set it and forget it. And I just am a real... Ron? Peel. Oh, yeah. Set it and forget it. The Ronco Fried Daddy and the Ronco. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember the set it and forget it. Yeah. That was his, that was his thing, thing for everything. Yeah. <clears throat> he was like a made for TV mm-hmm. kind of guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Ron As Popeil. seen on TV. Yeah. Right. Ron Popeil. Link in the show notes to Ron Popeil. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's. It's really important, that thoughtful and intentional scheduling. And if you're really struggling to get people to stay serving, if you're really struggling struggling to get people to sign up to serve, I think it's so important that we start with, how, what is that experience like? Yep. Recognizing, we don't like the term, but mm-hmm. recognizing that people are using their own time, their yep. volunteer time yep. to serve. The truth is... People could serve Jesus faithfully in a lot of places. Doesn't yeah. have to be your church in order yep. for them to be a good Christian. Good. And so it's important that the experience be one that people can manage their lives around. Yeah. And I really do like in thinking through this conversation, I think if you look at your church and you say, like, oh man, we have like maybe 10% of our church is serving. I think mm-hmm. there's it really boils down to one of the two things we talked about. Either people really don't understand the vision yeah. of it, or they understand that, but it's such a pain or so convoluted or so confusing or so whatever that they can't even take the action that you want them to, that Jesus wants them to, that sure. they want to. But it really is one of those two things. It's either too complicated or people don't understand the vision. That's, I think, Absolutely. those two things, if you have a low percentage, I think your point about if people are dropping quickly, then there's like a health thing of like how healthy are these teams? Is it too big of a pain? Like that's something to look at. But if people just aren't serving, they either don't get it or it's too big of a pain for them to be able to do it. Or they signed up and you just did nothing with that follow up. And I don't know. I don't, I can't help. Yeah. We don't have I literally can. (laughs) Myxp.church. Well, as always, we want you to know, we count it an honor that you would take time to listen to this episode. And if you have enjoyed it, uh, we would ask you to help in one of three ways. Uh, first is to, sub- to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Secondly, you can leave us a review wherever you listen. And we would love to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>